find a place. Uh, Romans 10, I believe, verse 13. How many of y'all are glad Jesus saves? How many of y'all are glad Jesus saves whosoever will? No, listen. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what, what side of the tracks you was born on, doesn't matter your educational level, don't matter your financial status, hallelujah, Jesus. Whosoever, whosoever will. I like the verse that says, whosoever will, let him come. So what's the stipulations of being fulfilled? You just got to be thirsty. What's, what's the stipulation of getting the bread of life? Well, just simply being hungry. Amen? amen? Romans 10 and verse number 13. If you found your place, say amen. amen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be... Three of y'all got a Bible? Let me read it again. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be... That's a pretty good verse, isn't it? I mean, that's a universal verse. That, that goes to everybody all across the planet. Whosoever will, whoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be But there's only one problem. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him, thank you, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they here without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they be, what's that word? Sent. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for every soul in this building. Thank you for the spirit that's here. Now, God, I need your anointing to preach the truth of your word. Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. We use this verse... We use this verse in the plan of salvation all the time. You know, we'll quote, we'll quote, uh, uh, for all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. It puts us all on the same plane. We're all sinners. We were born sinners. We arrived on this earth sinners. We came broke. Amen. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and then, then we'll quote, uh, uh, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin had to be paid for. The payment of sin had to be taken care of. And, and oh my goodness, I'm a sinner and, 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 and the payment for sin uh, is death. We are in trouble. The payment of sin is death. What are we going to do? Well, we'll quote over there. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ, he died for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, if, if, if the payment of sin is death and, and Jesus died for me so I didn't have to and he died instead of me and, and then, well, 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 then we'll quote this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. All we got to do is call on the Lord. All we got to do is believe in his sacrificial death on Calvary. And we can be saved. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what we were. It doesn't matter our past. We can be saved. Man, that's great news. That's great news. But the Bible says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? 
I looked up that word preacher in my Strong's Concordance, and I challenge you to. That word preacher in, in my Strong's Concordance, it, you know, it's the, it's the Greek word caruso. And you know what that word, Brother Travis, the word caruso, you know what that means? To proclaim. To proclaim. And you know what that verse is saying? How shall they hear without a proclaimer? We're wanting to raise money to buy some proclaimers. We want to get the gospel in their own language. We want to get the gospel to people who've never heard. I, 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 listen, but nine months before I arrived on the planet, I was hearing about the gospel. My mom was in church. My mom was sitting on the pews. I'm telling you, I have heard the gospel my entire life. But do you realize almost half of the population on the planet, billions of people have never heard who Jesus is. That's terrible. We have had the privilege of growing up in America where it doesn't matter. There's 14 channels on the radio and there's 12 channels on TV where you can hear the gospel any day of the week, any time of the day. I mean, it, it's just overkill and we get it all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. But there are people in countries who've never heard the gospel. How are they going to hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear without a proclaimer? But how are they going to hear that proclaimer unless they are sent? I want to preach three words today. Three simple words. I want to preach the word cause. C-A-U-S-E, a cause. I want, to, I want to preach a word challenge. Say that word with me. Challenge. I want to see a cause. I want to show you a challenge. And then the last thing we're going to talk about today is a caution. Say that word with me. A a caution. A caution. What we're going to be talking about, there is a cause. There is a cause. The first time, the first time in God's Word where I saw it, I mean, it might be there before that, but where I saw somebody talking about a cause. Listen, there's a reason to do something. There's a reason to get excited about something. There's a reason to get upset about something. There is a cause. There was a man by the name of David. How many of y'all have ever heard of David in the Bible? Listen, the little shepherd boy who took his father, his father said, I need you to go check on your older brothers. His older brothers were there in battle. They were fighting the Philistines. Well, the, the story goes that the Philistines were on one mountain and down in the valley, and then on the other mountain, there were the Israelites. And the Philistines had a hero. They had one man in their army who was big as a house. I mean, this guy was incredible. His name was Goliath. I mean, there has never been a man that looked like this man. And when he came down in the bottom of that valley, he began to challenge the Israelites. He began to cuss the Israelites. He began to raise Cain and do everything he could to, 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 to run them down, run their God down. And I mean, he was just making a mockery of everything the Israelites stood for and the God they followed. Well, David comes and he says, uh, uh, David's father says, go check on your brothers. Well, he comes on, he's excited, and he got, he's a young man with a lot of spunk, and he pulls into the camp, and he's chilling with the brothers and checking out everything that's going on, and then all of a sudden, he hears the most God-awful stuff coming out the bottom of the valley that he's ever heard in his life. He says, what in the world is that coming down? And they said they begin to tell him. Boy, you ain't never seen anything like this. This is a monster down there. I've never seen a man this big and this ugly and this ferocious. And, and this is unbelievable. And David said, is that right? Yeah, man. And not only that, but the king said he would make the person who whipped him, would make that person rich and would even give him his daughter to wife. David said, is that right? 
He said, are you serious? He said, yeah. David goes, and he begins to say, come on, man, somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to do something. And then he gets to say, well, I tell you what, if nobody's going to do nothing, I guess I'm going to have to do something. He was courageous. Well, guess what? His brothers didn't like that attitude. The cowards will always accuse the courageous. I need a witness right there. And they come against him and say, we know the naughtiness of your heart. Why aren't you back there? Why aren't you back there watching them sheep? Because see, they was embarrassed because somebody said we need to do something about it. And this is what David said. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? You know basically what he's saying? Why aren't you upset? Why are you not bothered by this situation? Bless God, we got a reason to be mad. There's a man down there cussing our God, cussing our families, cussing our heritage, cussing everything we're about, and you want to stand up here like a knot on log, do nothing? Bless God, there is a cause. There's a reason to get excited. There's a reason to get upset. There's a cause. Are y'all with me? And I stand before you, ladies and gentlemen, today to tell you there is a cause. Somebody needs to get excited. Somebody needs to get upset that a billion people have never heard about Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us a command. He gave us a responsibility. And he said, preach the gospel to every creature. Well, every creature hasn't heard. Every creature does not have the gospel in their own language. I'm telling you, there's a cause. There's a cause. The church is asleep. Christians are, listen, they're lethargic and, and we just, we just, we're so, we're so inundated with so much stuff that we forget there are people who've never heard the gospel. Were you sure this is a cause? I'm going to tell you what, how much of a cause it is. When Jesus was being crucified and he was on trial, do you realize what he said? He said, to this end was I born. Watch this, watch this terminology. For this Cause came I into the world. What was the cause that Jesus fought for? Unsaved people. Unsaved people. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister. I came to look for the lost. I came to help the lost. Do you realize? Hallelujah. Do you realize that every sacrifice that was ever made from the time Adam sinned in the garden, that sacrifice was crying out and calling out, there's a cause, there's a cause, there's a cause. When Jesus died on the cross, when he came from glory, listen, the angels proclaimed, good news, everybody, good news. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They were saying, there's a cause. There's a cause. Jesus said, I come for sinners. They got, religious crowd, church people got mad at him because he was always hanging out with lost people. But he said, it's not the well that need a physician. It's the sick. You know what he's saying? There's a cause. There's a cause. Are you ready to take up a cause today? Not only for unsaved people, but this is even worse. This is even more important. This is, this is so unreached people. People who's never heard. Brother Travis, you've been beating this into my head for a while and it's one thing for somebody to hear it and remain unsaved. But it's another thing to never get a chance to hear it. 
I read something this week. A missionary said this. He said, it's only the good news if it gets there on time. Wow. And we, we, we sit back about our own way and don't even take up the cause. We have turned the theme and the responsibility that Jesus gave every Christian to be fishers of men. And churches today have become keepers of the aquarium. Preacher, just take care of us. Just meet our needs. Just sing my songs. Just have church my way so I like, so I get my tradition and what I want done and how I want it done and, and just take care of me. And the Apostle Paul would be sick to his stomach when he looked at the American church today. That's why the American church is dying. The continent, the American continent is one of the only continents on the planet where church is in decline. You know why? We've missed the heart of God when it comes to missions. God's heart is about sinners. We've made it about us. Do you get you getting me? You feeling me? Is that how they say it now? You feel me? We've made it about us. But Paul said this, I've become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Well, what was he willing to do? Whatever it took. Whatever it took to save some. You know, our measure, our measure of, of commitment to evangelism and missions can be determined by this, what we're willing to give up to see it happen. Are you willing to give up tradition? Are you willing to give up preferences? Are you willing to give up comfort to see somebody get saved? Paul said, I can be poor, I can be rich, I can have much, and I can have little. It doesn't matter to me as long as I can see people saved. What if the Christian in America would change their heart and get the heart of God? What would happen to this world? What would happen to our church? Jesus is telling me to tell you today, there is a cause. There is a reason that I'm up here sweating and and there's a reason I'm telling you. There's a reason I'm excited. There's a reason I'm challenging you. Because there's a cause. There's a cause. What if somebody never told you? What if somebody never came and said, Travis, this is the gospel. This is what Jesus can save you. Church, say amen. amen. How many of y'all will agree with me? There is a great cause to support. Number two. Here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. How shall they hear? How shall they hear without a preacher? And, I, and I, I, know, I know what the verse is saying, but I still believe you can apply this right here. The word preacher there is Caruso, which means proclaimer. And, you know, we're, we're, we're wanting to buy proclaimers and get these in these villages so they can hear the gospel. But the challenge is this. Two things we got to do, people. We got to do this. Number one, we have, to, we have to send the word. We have to send the word. What is the word? It's on the proclaimers. Why don't we just raise some money and buy some Bibles? They can't read. The majority of the people that we're going to be reaching and we're going after are completely illiterate, they can't read. 
Thank God the Bible doesn't say, faith cometh by hearing. Or excuse me, faith cometh by reading. It says, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing. Can you imagine... Can you imagine going about your own day? Never heard of Christ. Never heard, never heard of, uh, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. Never heard. And all of a sudden, somebody comes and sets this little machine up. And that machine says that there's a God in heaven who's bigger than everything you've ever imagined. And he's up there and he loves you like his own child. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine hearing the word of God for the very first time? Wouldn't you like to go and see it? Brother O'Neill's going to make that happen. So you may have the possibility, as we, we plan missions trips, to go into a village for the very first time, and it might be your finger that turns the button on. And somebody hears, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be awesome? We got to send the word. At the end of this month, we're going we're gonna to take up a one-time love offering. Everybody's going to do everything we can to buy as many proclaimers as we can. Somebody asked me about that, that, that check for 5000 I was real sick in the early service, but that helped me a lot. I'm telling you, I feel a lot better. I mean, I was. Brother Travis, the devil's done everything he could to fight this month. Everything in the world. I was so sick this morning. I, I was, I, it was just a bad situation. And, and they said, well, preacher, what are we going to do with that? I said, we're going to buy proclaimers. With all of it, I said, every dime. Brother Doug has put this in my head and put this in my head and put this in my head. You know, one thought, just for just a brief Brother Jim, don't hold this against me, but just for a brief half a second, half a, half a, just a, just a, I thought, well, we could use some of that to pay these missionaries who are coming in. And I mean, just briefly, just a half a second, and it just went on right in my mind, because God said, no, no, that's for proclaimers. And that's just the beginning. Because, see, God's going to do some miracles in this place. We're going to send the word. But see, that's not, that's not all. That's not all. He says, how's that preacher going to go? How's that person that's going to take them proclaimers go unless they be sent? You know, I had a concordance, and I looked that one up too. I looked that word up too. It's a polio, which, which means to free fully. Say that with me, to Watch this. Brother Travis. All right. Brother Travis is serving at Victory. He's a member at Victory. Went to Bible college at Victory and having a big time serving in the church at Victory and, 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 and doing everything. And, and, I mean, got a bus route going, got things happening. Then all of a sudden, there came a day that God said, I need to separate Travis. I need to separate Travis. Now, stand right here. Let me, let, me, let me read this real quick. Let me read this real quick. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3. As they ministered to the Lord, in other words, Paul and Barnabas were serving in the church. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, which was Paul, for the work of the ministry that I've called them to. Now watch what, watch what it says. 
And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. And then, there's a, comp, there's a cool word right there. What did they do? Sent them away. They say, well, they just said bye. No, that's not what that word means. It means to free fully. All right. Uh, could you go to Zimbabwe tomorrow? You, you couldn't do that, could you? Because Katie would kill you. Is that, is that, no, you've got you to take care of situations. You've got responsibilities here and so forth and so on. Uh, Brother Chad, could you go to Ecuador in the morning? I just wouldn't work. You, you, got, you got a family to take care of. You've got responsibilities. You got, Brother Chris, how about it? Could you jump up tonight and let's just go to Zaire? But you can't. One thing God didn't call you to, but back in what year, Trevor? Do you remember when God called you to the homeless folk? What year was that? 1998, God whispered in Travis's ear, I'm going to separate you for a specific purpose and cause. All right? All right? You might as well come on because you, you, you kind of with him. <laughs> so he, he separated them. All right? They, they were doing their own stuff. They were, they were working at Victory, doing their own thing. I mean, they got ministries going on. But when it came time for them to accomplish the call, the mission's call that God gave them, they had to separate and be released from their responsibilities there at the church, what they were doing, and to be freed fully to accomplish the task. Now, where, how do you free fully? The church's responsibility is to take up support money to make sure they can get the job done. That's why I'm going to stay, Brother Chris is going to stay, Brother Chad's going to stay, Brother Buchanan's going to stay, because we got to work here in the field to help them get to the mission field. You see, we can't just send the word. Somebody's got to carry the word. We've got to support the workers. That's what that word sent means, to free fully. It means to release. They've got to be released from their Sunday school class they were teaching. They've got to be released from, from that bus route they had. They're released from that, and then they're freed fully to go and take the gospel to every creature. I need a witness right there. Does that make sense? Give God praise right there if that makes sense to you. All right? All right. You can. All right. Now here's the deal. You can only embarrass lady folks so much. Amen. All right. Here's the deal. We're going to take up a one-time offering for these proclaimers so we can get a pile of them. But you see, we've got to support, we've got to support those church planners to take them. So how are we going to do that? We're going to give above our tithes and our offerings. We're going to give above our tithes and our offerings. It's, I told you, this is a challenge. This is a challenge. You're going to see God do some miracles. You say, well, preacher, that's hard, hard enough to give my tithes. You'll be amazed at what God can give through you. Amen. Through you. See, there's, we, some of us are experiencing cursed giving. I've got Bible. Your finances are cursed because you're not giving scripturally. The Bible says if we are not giving our tithes and offerings, we're robbing God, and our finances are cursed. I've heard people say, oh, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford it because you're not tithing. And God has cursed that. How many of y'all believe everything we have comes from God? It, he does. He's, I'm telling you, guys, we've, in our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, people have been coming thanking God. Preacher, we've been getting raises. I got a new job. Seven jobs, 
listen, six or seven raises and a bonus. Three, at one time, three different people got bonuses. Come up to me. I couldn't wait till Friday, but it never happened for me. They wanted whatever. <laughs> but the point is, God does that. But when we rob from God, God can't bless it. You see, Jesus was able to feed the 5,000 because somebody gave up his lunch. And he went home with 12 basket loads. I need a witness right there. And some of us are living, living in curse, a cursed financial situation because we're not being obedient to God. But when we become obedient to God, he said, try me. That means test me. Try me out. See if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing you cannot even receive. You see, when I give my tithes, I'm not really giving because that already belongs to God. But when I give my offerings which are above my tithe, that's when prosperity and blessing comes from. Because then I'm giving. Tithes, I'm returning what is his. Because he's asked me to return to him 10%. But when I give above that 10%, I'm giving in the blessing zone then. I need a witness right there. You see, this is not just about seeing people saved. I need to help him get out there. I need to help him take that proclaimer. I need to help him get on the street and with, with the homeless folks and be there to share the gospel and preach and help them find a meal and all the things that go along with that. But here's what I'm trying to say. It's not just about doing that. I need to do that. Whether God did anything else, I need to do that to help somebody else get saved because somebody helped me get saved. But what I'm saying is this. When you do give, you're not giving away. You are investing in something because God always gives a return. I need a witness. What did God say? What did God say? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Most preachers, Brother Travis, they use that terminology talking about sin. And you can apply it for that, but that's not what that chapter is talking about. That chapter is talking about giving. You read it. Go back and read it. In other words, what you get, and, and I like this verse, God will not be mocked. Study that word out in that phrase. It means to badmouth. God's not going to be badmouth. Nobody's ever going to come to God and say, well, he let me down. Well, I gave this. No, 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 no. You give one, he's going to give ten. You give five, he's going to give fifty. Because you're never going to outgive God. God will not be in debt to nobody. How you know? Because when you give, it shall be given back unto you, pressed down, shaken together. Help me now. That's how God's going to give back to you. Is God not good? All the time. So what, what's the challenge today? Four weeks. Four weeks I want you to pray. Number one, what does God want me to do to send the word? How many proclaimers does he want me to buy? And then number two, how much does God want me to give every week toward missions so I can help that church planner get that proclaimer to the field? Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Give Brother Travis a hand. He's a pretty good guy. Now, let me tell you the last one, and we're going to pray. Brother, Brother Chris, if you'll come up and get a microphone. What was number one? Tell me number one. Quick, hurry, hurry. The cause. Number two, we see a, a challenge. A challenge. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God. Don't try to come up with a number. Don't try to do it. Just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Then number three, let me give you a caution. Because I know we're Baptists, and Baptists have issues. Say amen right there. Amen. One issue that Baptists have is doubt. And it's been since Jesus' day, so it's just one of them things. The first thing I want to caution you about is never 
presume. Never, please don't ever presume to know what you think God can do. I got a verse for you. I'm not just coming out of my head with this. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Preach, I'm, I'm making... I may can come up with enough to get maybe, maybe a half a proclaim. Wait a minute. It's not you doing it. What is God going to give you to give through you? See, don't presume that you think you know what he can do. Don't try to figure, okay, how can I come up with this? Pray and say, God, help me give whatever. And when he does, give it. Because, see, God's going to do it. You're not going to work it up. You're not going to try to connive to try to figure it out. It's God. That's why it's called a miracle. Say amen. amen. Watch what God can do. Watch what God can do. Brother, Brother Chris told us a testimony in the staff room, and I want him to share this, and we'll be dismissed. Brother Chris. Amen. I tell folks a lot of times when I read that verse to them, God wants to blow your mind with what he could do yeah. in your life. He I promise you that this morning it is the case. About 11 or 10 or 11 years ago, my wife and I were in Bible college. And I tell folks all the time, there's something about being in Bible college and being broke. They go hand in hand. If you've been there, you know what I mean. Amen? And uh, that's the way we were. We, I was making, I think, $7 an hour. My wife was making about 5 didn't have any health insurance and just doing the best we could. And my wife needs to have her eyes examined every two years and needs glasses every two years or she gets really bad headaches. She has real bad eyesight. And uh, she hadn't had a, an eye exam in about four years. and Her headaches were starting to pick up and, and become more intense. And, you know, the man of the house, I, my pride was getting hurt because I couldn't supply the need that she had. And I started praying, God, you got to help me. Some way, I mean, $500 was a lot of money to us. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I've got to get it so she can get some glasses. Well, I got a phone call. A gentleman called me. He said, Brother Chris, you don't know who I am? I said, but one of uh, my coworkers has been talking to me about you, and, and he went on one of your mission trips. And I used to take people on mission trips all the time. And this guy said, he's been telling me all about the trips that you've been on and what God's been doing on the mission field. And he said, there's some folks from my church who would like to get together at my house and have you come and share missions with us. He said, if you'll come, I'll feed you and you can share missions. When he said, I'll feed you, I was in. Amen? <laughs> Two things I like to do is talk about missions and eat. So <laughs> I, I'm happy man. Well, that Friday night came and we're going to their house and we're going to a house that I do not know where it's at. I've never met these people before. All I've done is talk to them on the phone. We got there. We got there about an hour before everyone else and ate with him and his family and just hit it off. We became best friends in a short amount of time. And sure enough, about an hour later, 30-something people came in and filled his house. And we sat around in the living room, and I began to share with them missions of what God can do on the mission field if you'll just go and experience the mission field. And I said, now, here's the key to it all. I said, if you'll put forth the effort and make the commitment, God will pay for the trip. I said, half of the excitement is just watching God supply your need to get you there. Mission trips are not cheap. 
And Brother Mike was wanting to take three of his family members with him. And I said, you just put it in God's hand and watch what he'll do. We ended the, the, the meeting, and we were the first ones there, so I had to be the last one to leave because we were blocked in. And Mike was out behind my car pacing when I walked out. He seemed very nervous. I thought, man, I have messed up. I've said something that has offended him. I, I didn't know what had happened. He came up to me and handed me an envelope. And he said, Brother Chris, I want you to have this. He said, I don't want you to tell anybody what I've done. So, shh, don't tell nobody what you heard, okay? I said, yes, brother, I'll do that. I thank you so much for having me in your home. We'll be in touch. I put it in my pocket, got in the car, we left. As soon as I got out of sight, I handed it to my wife, and I said, see what's in here. She opened it up. She said, Chris, there's a stack of $100 bills. Y'all know how many a stack is? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A stack. I said, honey, how many are there? How much did I need? 500. 500. She started counting them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Revival broke out. Seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten. I'm shouting the victory. I mean, it's on. Eleven till we get all up to about fifteen. I had to pull the car up. <laughs> there was twenty-five one hundred-dollar bills in that envelope. Yeah, it'll blow your mind, folks. In that car, in that envelope was a letter, and it said, "Brother Chris, when you shared with this group about how God can supply your needs, he said God touched my heart. He said I have worked overtime and I have sold things to get this money." But I want to see God do a miracle in my life. And so he's laid it on my heart to give you all the money I worked for so he can give it back to me in a supernatural way. We were able to take that money, buy my wife a pair of glasses, and I sent the rest of it on to Mexico to the missionary that we were going to be working with. We finished out that the, 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 the winter. That summer, me and my wife moved to Mexico to receive the groups in. Brother Mike came down and brought a lot of the folks that were in that living room with him. And we were up in a mountain village, just got off of the bus, I'll never forget it. And he walked up to me and he said, Brother Chris, I want you to know something. Everything you said in my living room is true. He said, not only did I get to bring three members of my family, $2,400, he said, I got enough money to replace my salary for the whole week while I'm gone. He made really good money. And all the expense money that I have with me, every bit of it came in through supernatural sources. Over $3,000 God gave him back. Amen. Give God praise and glory for that. You're sitting here this morning wondering how in the world I can even come close to paying for one proclaimer. I'm telling you this morning, you make the commitment. You put forth the effort as God allows you to. There's no telling what God can and will do in your life. Don't presume he can't do it. Amen? Church, say amen. You know what? The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means we're going to have just enough. When you don't want nothing, that means you've you got just enough. But if we'll keep reading through that chapter and we keep reading through those verses, it says, My cup 
That's more than enough. And you know what? That's what God wants for you. But some of us, he can't trust us with it. Let's this month show God he can trust us. And let's ask. This is the, this is the prayer. This is the prayer. God, what do you want me to do for the cause? Not what can I do. Don't say that. Don't say what can I do. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he can do through you. God, what do you want me to do? What are you going to help me do for the cause? Church, say amen. One more caution. Do not presume. And B, do not procrastinate. We've got four weeks that we're going to be praying about what God wants us to do here at Temple. And when God tells you, do you know that delayed obedience is disobedience? Say, the Bible says this. For him to know to do good and doeth it not, to him it is. How many of y'all believe getting the, getting the gospel to people who's never heard is a great cause? Amen. Well, let's pray that God will help us do that. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder how many folks from Temple, how many folks that have a burden.